I just want to give the most warm welcome to our viewers today on 3ABN and also the Word Network right around the world. This is a tremendous topic today, winning the race, the perseverance of the saints. Thank you for joining us today. But right now we have a beautiful lady who's going to come and sing for us. Her name is Sharon Verdi. Would you welcome her today? Sharon Verdi. Claim me. 
I want to tell you the story of a very special, courageous Russian woman, Mrs. Batram. How do I know the story is true? Because her son, who was a pastor, told me the story. I've known this man, Vitaly, for about 24 years. So he's become like a brother. He told me the story of his mother. And when he told me the story, I was sort of overwhelmed they lived in a little village in the heart of the Soviet Empire they were the only Christians they happened to be Adventist Christians though this story could be told about other Christians Baptists and so forth Pentecostals with a twist of course a little different they were the only Christians the mother was a believer. The father, however, was a communist, an atheist, very much opposed to the Christian faith. And the people persecuted the mother because she believed in God and she believed in the Bible. It didn't help things when the only cow they had, the family cow, was struck by lightning. Can you believe it? The cow was struck by lightning. And the people said in the village, where's God? Where's God? You ever feel like this sometimes? The cows of Christians get hit by lightning on occasions. Christians do too. Where's God? Well, God's there. She was a person who believed in the keeping of the Sabbath, the seventh-day Sabbath. And so to get to church, she would have to leave home on Friday afternoon. I want you to think about this. She'd leave home on Friday afternoon and she would start to walk through the snow. And where she lived, it got to minus 40 below. Can we comprehend this? I've been in minus 40. It's, it's very, very, very cold. And so she would walk all through the night. It was worse when... when Spring came because the snow became slush. And sometimes she went through freezing water up to her, her hips. And in the morning, on Saturday morning, she got to a place where she knew a man who had a truck and she knew the truck would be leaving at a certain time and he let her sit in the back of the truck on the tray, out in the cold. And he drove about 30 miles. When she got to church... 
They stayed at church from nine o'clock until five o'clock or six o'clock. That's how long church lasted. Why? Because they were hungry for God. This was the only time they had for fellowship. Can you understand it? And some of us can't get along to church on time. And we talk about having faith. And then after church, say maybe six o'clock, and the sun would go down, as you know, in winter, around four o'clock, quarter to four. And so she'd walk all through the night and she'd get back home on Sunday morning. She had a son who was in the Soviet army and the son who was in the Soviet army was a young man who was a believer in God. But he was killed in one of the, the wars that the Russians got themselves into. There's always a reason for a war, isn't there? And so when the man came with the telegram, the father cursed. He cursed God whom he didn't believe in. He cursed Stalin. He, cur- he, he cursed everybody in the Communist Party. And he cursed the village. He cursed and he cursed. I said to Vitaly, What was your mother doing? He said, when she got the news, she went into the bedroom and he said, I was there as a little boy and I heard her singing hymns and praising God. This woman and her son today had and have the perseverance of the saints. They are not easily turned away they are winners now I want you to take your Bibles please and come over here to 2 Timothy chapter uh, chapter 4 verses 6 down to 8 and we're going to turn to the words of the great Saint Paul for I am already being poured out like a drink offering The time has come for my departure. Please turn to the text. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. He was not a quitter. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all have longed for his appearing. You notice those strong, pungent phrases. He says, I have fought the fight. Don't think when you become a Christian that this is just a, a little tiny game. It is a battle against tremendous odds. I have fought the fight. I have finished the faith, not a quitter. God doesn't call people to be quitters. People say, well, look, I just, I just, just not strong enough. Well, then get strong in God. See, he says, I fought the fight, finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have fought, I have finished, I have kept. God's people are called to fight, to finish, and to keep. 
Another precious friend of mine over there in the former Soviet Union in Moscow is a man whom we call Paul the prisoner, a Christian in Moscow. He had a little printing press down in the basement of his home for the preparation of Christian literature. One of the church members, one of the elders of the church went and informed on him to the KGB. That happened a million times in the Soviet Union. Brother shall betray brother. He was thrown into a refrigerator cell in Moscow, naked, a little bit of soup and a little bit of bread. His teeth fell out. He's got false teeth now. I'm humbled when I'm in his presence. He's a man, not a mouse. So they said to him, you just tell us the other people who were involved in the printing press. He said, as the Russians can say very well, yet, no. It's good to say yes, and it's good to say no. And he said, no, three years in prison, in a refrigerator cell. He fought, he finished, he kept the faith. He now goes into Russian prisons, which are little hells, and works for the prisoners. We gave him 10,000 Bibles to help him. How did he survive? Didn't have a Bible. He recalled the texts of the Bible. He had the word of God in his head. He didn't trust his feelings. Most of us trust our feelings. Oh, I'll go to church. I don't feel like it. I will stand up, oh, but I don't know if I can do this. I'm just not feeling so good today. We need to become men and women in Christ. I fought the good fight, finished the race. I have kept the faith. He trusted in God. He didn't trust in his feelings. If you trust in your feelings, the feelings are going to deceive you. We need less tears and more trials and tribulations so that we, we will learn to stand up for God and to experience the perseverance of the saints. Turn in your Bibles over here to Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 14, dear hearts and gentle people. Hebrews chapter 3. And we're glad to have a great audience and 3ABN and the Word Network with us today. Hebrews 3 and verse 14. The Bible says, we have come to share in Christ. If we hold firmly till the end, the confidence we had at first. So the Bible tells me, that I am saved by the blood of Jesus as I hold on to the confidence. Somebody's asked the pertinent question, what about the teaching, once saved, always saved? It means I come to Christ, then it doesn't matter. I'm safe forever, whatever I do. Number one, three truths. 
I may be a great sinner, but in the words of John Newton, I may be a great, I am a great sinner, but Christ is a great savior. Now come over here to John chapter 10, please. John chapter 10, are you glad to be in church? John chapter 10, we're going to preach up a storm here today. John chapter 10, verse 27 and onwards. Are you ready? My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. Look at me. If I'm in Christ, and if I'm trusting in Christ, nobody can take me out of the Father's hand. I have eternal security. That's the teaching of the Bible. Doesn't depend so much upon my grasp upon him as his mighty grasp on me. Number two, second truth. God will never force me to follow him. God never revokes the privilege of freedom of choice. Come over here, come on. Come over here to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verses five and onwards. You better listen to this. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. The Bible says that we abide in Christ, we are eternally secure. But the Bible says, if I sever my relationship to Christ, I'll be thrown into the fire and burned. Would you come down here to verse 16? You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. The proof that I am in Christ is that I will be bearing fruit. The proof that a church is in Christ is that it is bearing fruit and people are coming to Christ and they're getting baptized. That is the proof that we are in Christ. Would you come over here now to Luke chapter 8 and verse Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 8. I'm just an old-fashioned Bible preacher. God help us all. Luke chapter 8 verse 11 and onwards. This is talking about the sower. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. We're preaching it today. Those along the path are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Look at me. This text says in the words of our Lord, if you truly believe, you're saved. So belief is salvation. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have not 
have no root. They believe for a while. Therefore, if they believe, they are saved. They believe they are saved for a while. But in the time of testing, they fall away. God has given to every person the gift of freedom of choice. He will never, he will never force his will upon me and force me to follow him. I want you to know this. And I want you to know that his grace is sufficient for all of our needs. Would you come over here to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 and onwards. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 and onwards. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So his grace is sufficient. When I ran years ago, the great campaign uh, in that magnificent building, the Sydney Opera House, I brought out from the United States a great singer, Pastor Marshall Kelly, I will never forget that great African-American, that saint of God, singing the song, he giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He giveth more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. So I would have you realize today, whatever the struggle, he is sufficient. Listen carefully, because now I'm going to give you a strong word. This has been the preamble. We are called in weakness, but we are not called for weakness. Did you hear me? We are called in weakness. Some people stay weak all their lives. No wonder the Christian church is in such a desperate situation so often. We are called in weakness, but we are not called for weakness. We are called for strength. We are not called for defeat. We are called for victory. We are not called to run away. We are called to fight the foe. We are not called to be quitters. We are not called to surrender the flag. We are called to lift up the banner of Prince Emmanuel. 
I was out at a place that I liked very much, Ventura Harbour. Beverly and I were there and we were walking along looking at the boats and a little old American lady came along and engaged us in conversation. She said to me, you look like a conservative and I'm a Republican. (laughs) But I told her, and I don't wish to fall out with anyone, I told her, I don't belong to the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, I belong to Christ's party. But she spoke about a terrible incident that had happened in the Middle East, where apparently our soldiers were told to stand down. And she said, uh, this little lady this high, quivering with indignation and righteousness, she said to me, Americans don't stand down. And neither do Christians. We're not called to be quitters. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Therefore we come to this question. How can I be a child of God who perseveres to the end? If everybody had come through the doors of this church had remained true, this church would have a membership of 10,000. How can I be a child of God who perseveres to the end? That is next. So stay tuned and be with me next time. Hello, friend. I'm John Carter in Colombia. Behind me is the great city of Bogota, the capital of this amazing country. This city is a city of more than 8 million souls. It's up more than 8,000 feet in the Andes. And we've come here today with one purpose in mind, to preach the everlasting gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're here because we have a commission from God. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the everlasting gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The people here need the gospel of Christ. And I'm asking you today, come with us, if not in body, but come with us in spirit. This has been a very, very dangerous city a very dangerous part of the world. But we believe that we are safe when we are in the hands of God. Therefore, I'm beseeching you in the name of Christ and in the names of these eight million plus inhabitants in the city of Bogota to come and help us to preach the word of God. Please support the preaching of the word of God in Colombia. Please write to me, John Carter. Post Office, Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. In Australia, write to me at the address, Terrigal, New South Wales, Australia. Jesus said, work while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. Please write to me today. Thank you and God bless you.